Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. And if you are new here, welcome. My name is Jasmine. I am a certified life coach and content creator. Here on Just Glow With It, we talk about all things lifestyle, wellness, and self-growth. And by the time you're listening to this, I'm already back home in California visiting family and friends, which I'm so, so looking forward to. And I wanted to leave you with some content before I left. And today we are doing a Q&A Ask Jazz episode. I asked you over on my Insta stories to leave your questions and scenarios. And like always, you asked some really good questions so the vibe of today's episode is very much girl chat we are talking about deeper stuff in today's episode but it's all real life stuff that i feel like is not always easy to talk about but everyone experiences in one way or another and my intentions with today's episode is to bring you some sort of peace and comfort and knowing that you are not alone in some of these situations that you might find yourself and just to give you an overview of the topics we will be discussing today we're talking about work-life balance what to do when your friends and family aren't supporting your business how to work on yourself while being in a relationship and also how we can navigate and set boundaries with toxic co-workers or family members and things of that sort and just a little disclaimer my opinions that i share in today's episode episode or in any episode really are not facts and everything that I share is based on my circumstances, on my personal experiences that I've had in life so far and I know with some of these topics we might not necessarily agree and we'll have different perspectives and I welcome that. We all have our different boundaries and deal breakers, expectations and I think that's the beautiful part about life. Grab your coffee or your matcha or your warm lemon water, get cozy so we can get into today's episode. I'm currently drinking my at-home iced coffee that I have been obsessed with. If you watch my Instagram stories or if you've watched one of my latest vlogs where I share the recipe, I have been obsessed with this recipe that I found on TikTok and I kind of made some alterations and made it more to my liking and it's the best iced coffee that I've made at home. So if you are a coffee lover like myself, I definitely recommend checking out my vlog where I share how I make my iced coffee at home now. But anyways, let me not get carried away. As I was saying, grab your drink of choice, get cozy so we can get into today's episode. If you do enjoy today's episode, I would so appreciate if you could rate and review, that really helps support the podcast so much. Share this episode with anyone who you think may enjoy it as well. And be sure to follow me on my socials and my YouTube channel if you want more of this content in your life. Everything will be linked in the show notes. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get into today's episode. So I do have a micro update before we get into today's episode. This past year, I've gotten so many DMs and questions from you guys about when I'm bringing my merch back. For those of you who don't know, I came out with these Glow Girl sweaters back in 2020, which you can find on my Instagram feed if you scroll back, and they are so cute, so cozy. I still wear them today, and I know you guys do too because I've been seeing people tag me when they're wearing my sweaters. I've been getting so many questions about when I'm going to bring the sweaters back and other merch and I'm going to be honest, last year just wasn't the year to do merch. I uprooted my life last year as you all know and there were a lot of changes happening in my life and last year was definitely really tough so making merch was the last thing on my mind but 
I've decided that in 2023, merch is coming back. I am making it an intention. I don't know when, but I do know I want to come back out with the Glow Girl sweaters and a few other things that I've been thinking about. And I'm just really, really excited to be doing this because I wanted to do it last year. But like I said, life was just too chaotic and I knew... I could not add this to my plate or I would have completely fallen apart and not, you know, done my best. And with everything that I do, I want to make sure I'm giving it my full and 100% energy and attention. And I just could not do that. So I am so, so excited. I will be sure to update you guys on the podcast as the time comes for it. But it will be coming back in 2023. So that is the update that I have for you. I'm really excited for the rest of this year as well as next year and all the things that will be coming with it. So I wanted to start off with a lighter topic, which is how to have work and life balance. I received a few questions on this. Having worked a nine to five while building a side hustle to going full time in my business, I've kind of experienced it all. And I feel like I have a few things I can share around this topic. And I know that there's been conversations around how there's no such thing as work-life balance. And honestly, I don't agree with this purely based on the fact that I feel like I've managed to balance my work and my life. Now, I'm not saying that it's always perfectly balanced all of the time, and perhaps my version of work-life balance is completely different than yours, but I feel like I have a good grasp on balancing my work and my personal life, which leads me to my first point, and that is that work-life balance isn't going to necessarily look 50 50 and your time isn't going to be divided equally i think when people hear work-life balance we think 50 50 and like split down the middle but what i found is that it doesn't really look like that i think it's up to each of us to determine what we want our work-life balance to look like and obviously that will vary from person to person my work-life balance as a single child-free entrepreneur probably won't look the same compared to someone who is married with children and works a nine-to-five merely based on the fact that we probably have different values and priorities. So determine what your work-life balance looks for you. I would say that is the first step in being able to achieve that. And if you're someone who struggles with overworking or not having enough time for other things in your life like family and friends or just yourself, I Definitely was that person, especially when I started working on my business. I think when you're really passionate about what you do and you love what you do, it's so easy for that to consume you. But like I've said in the past, too much of anything is never a good thing and balance is really, really important. So I want to share a mindset shift that I made at the beginning of 2022 that really helped me to prioritize and make time for the other things in my life that didn't consist of working and that was adopting the mindset of slower living and do not work more than you live. This does not mean that you have to go and quit your job, have a three-hour morning routine, and grow your own food, although that does sound like a dream, but maybe that's just the Taurus in me. For me though, it's about prioritizing living life in a more intentional, mindful, and balanced way. 
By implementing this mindset, it's helped me to enjoy the little things in life. It's helped me to embrace rest and self-care more, which is something that I used to struggle with so badly, and also enjoy leisure time. And it's also changed the way I approach work as well. So slow living in a work setting, for example, could mean focusing on the tasks that bring results and eliminating the busy work. It's about being very, very intentional with your time, your schedule, and your energy, which I feel as a result helps to bring that balance in your life because you're not wasting time on things that you actually don't care about or that doesn't add value to your life or that isn't an actual priority in your life so adopting that living intentionally mindset that slower living mindset and focusing on your intention and being present versus trying to be busy all the time you can have a million things that you do in in a day but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're being productive or that you're making actual progress in your life and that was something that i had to learn doing more doesn't actually mean that you're doing more if you get what i mean and some habits that have helped me with finding this work-life balance has also been prioritizing myself first thing in the morning and lasting in the evening there's just something about making time for yourself the first thing in the morning and checking back in with yourself each night because let's be honest who wants to wake up and the first thing that you do is check your work emails i know when i did this it caused me a lot of stress and anxiety and work consumed my life from the moment i woke up to when i went to bed and i was so disconnected with myself and i feel like this is a very american thing to do and i really really hate that and i'm not trying to bash on my culture or my society i know that we have a lot of great things going for us like ac iced coffee and chick-fil-a if you know you know but i feel like in american society we really glamorize or value hustle culture productivity and just like being busy all the time and i've learned that this is not how I want to live my life and that could be really really hard especially when you live in America and that's kind of how our systems are set up but it is possible to make these subtle changes that make all the difference like prioritizing yourself first thing in the morning and last thing at night and I think even if you love what you do like I do just reminding yourself that you are more than the work that you do or the content that you produce your work can be meaningful and important to you but just know that isn't all of you and that's why setting boundaries I feel is important with others and yourself as well and that leads me to my next tip and that is if you don't honor your own boundaries others won't either for example if you have a set schedule at work follow that or if you make your own schedule follow that too if you answer phone calls or emails outside of your set working hours it will become a habit and a standard for other people for other clients coworkers, and they will expect you to answer whenever because that's kind of the standard that you've set with others so it's really really important that you not only set these boundaries but assert yourself and follow through with them because you teach people how they can treat you you show people what you will allow and if you answer a phone call at 10 p.m 
when you know that that's outside of your working hours, people are going to think, oh, it's okay if I call so-and-so at any time of the day because they'll be there to answer. You need to let people know what your boundaries are and the way that you do that is by upholding them and following them yourself. And I think it's also important to be able to say no and being able to say no requires knowing your limits. It requires knowing how much you can handle and why you feel the need to say yes all of the time if that is something you struggle with. I know that some of us may struggle with saying no because we don't want to disappoint others or we don't want you know our employers to think less of us or that we're not taking our job seriously. I know some of us struggle with saying no because maybe we like to be busy all of the time or we just bite more than we can chew. It's really important that we break these bad habits because these bad habits is what's preventing us from being able to have that work-life balance. And something else that really helped me with cultivating more work-life balance in my life is being present with what I am doing. When I'm working, whether it's recording the podcast or editing or writing emails, whatever it is, I'm being so present with that task at hand. I'm not multitasking or if I am multitasking, I try to limit as much of that as possible. Just a side note, I actually have a video on YouTube out. It's a productive and healthy vlog and I believe it's called Daily Healthy Habits and How I Stay Productive and one of the habits that I talk about in that video is my habit of doing deep work and basically the steps that I take to ensure that I am staying present with my tasks and getting things done in an efficient time and manner so if you need help with like staying focused on the task at hand I definitely recommend watching that video because I share certain things that I do that help me eliminate distractions during my day and likewise if I'm out with my family or friends or whatever, I am present in that moment as well. If I was, let's say, out with my friends and thinking about, oh, I could be doing this, I could be editing this video, I could be catching up on this, it stops me from being able to enjoy my time with my friends. If I am doing something, I want to enjoy doing what I'm doing and not feel guilty about it because that just defeats the whole purpose. So those are my kind of go-to habits and the main mindset shift that I did that really helped me cultivate more work-life balance. And again, of course, this isn't going to be perfect all of the time. It's not going to be 50-50 all of the time and you will have your ebbs and flows, but I think this is a good foundation and starting point to help you kind of get to that work-life balance that you desire. Okay, so moving on to the next topic, somebody asked, can you talk about being the best version of yourself and working on you while being in a healthy, committed relationship? I feel like a lot of the time, many people break up as an excuse or boost to work on themselves, but the topic of working on yourself while being in a relationship is not talked about enough. And I think this is such a great point to make and it isn't talked about enough. I know a lot of us use heartbreak to motivate us, which I think is great. Don't get me wrong. We love a good post-breakup glow up. I'm totally here for that. But I also know that it's so possible to work on yourself while being in a relationship. I know that there's this connotation that you shouldn't be in a relationship 
in a relationship until you're 100% healed or fixed or the best version of yourself or that you can't work on yourself and be in a relationship at the same time and I completely reject both of these statements because first of all, no one is 100% healed and fixed. The journey of self-growth, of self-love, self-healing is never-ending and there's always going to be something new that comes up or that can be worked on. So if we were all to follow this mentality, we would all be single for the rest of our lives. And secondly, the idea that you can't work on yourself and be in a relationship is completely false because I'm living proof of that as well as so many other people I know are proof of that as well. I do think there's a difference between wanting to be single and only focus on yourself and not have to worry about a commitment versus thinking you can't work on yourself while being in a relationship and if you feel like you are in a season in your life where you don't want a commitment you don't want to have someone else to deal with and you want to be selfish with your time and your energy I'm all for that you should absolutely do whatever it is that you want to do and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that but as someone who's in a relationship or for anyone who's in a relationship that is not the only way you can focus on yourself either and I think OP made a great point by saying healthy committed relationship. If you're in a healthy relationship, I promise your person is going to want to see you grow, flourish, and become the best version of yourself. A healthy relationship should not stop you from growing. It should not stop you from opportunities. It should not feel threatened by your transformation or becoming the person you want to be. My boyfriend and I have always been supportive of one another's journey and our paths have always aligned through each phase that we've gone through and I think that can be hard to accomplish which is why some people might think it's not possible to grow and be in a relationship. But I think rifts can happen within a relationship when maybe one person is constantly growing and evolving and the other person has stayed exactly the same and now those two people no longer aligned and I think that's okay that doesn't mean one person is better or worse I think it just means that you outgrew one another or you went into a different direction and I think the riff happens when people try to fight that reality and I think the best case scenario is to accept that you two are no longer the same and you no longer align and kind of move from that. I also think rifts can happen when one person does not understand or support their partner's journeys and You know, you can have an extremely needy or selfish or codependent partner who feels threatened in any way by your journey. And I think in that case, that can be kind of harmful if, you know, they try to make you feel bad or they try to stop you or sabotage you from growing. And I think in this situation, it would be difficult to work on yourself and that relationship is probably not in your best interest and I also think that sometimes people may want different things at different times in life for example if you have one person who's ready to settle down and start a family but the other person just got an amazing work opportunity in a new city and wants to put their career first that can cause some tension within the relationship and again that doesn't make one person 
better or worse it just might mean that your paths no longer align so i'm saying all this to say it is possible to grow and work on yourself and focus on yourself while you're in a relationship and i'll I'll share with you all how i'm able to do that but I do think that sometimes with that, you might outgrow one another, you might go onto different paths, or, you know, someone might not be supportive of it, but that fear of that potential should not stop you from going for what you want or becoming the person you want to be. I do think it's important that whether we are in a relationship or not, we put ourselves first, which leads me to how I'm able to still work on myself while being in a relationship. And the first thing is that I prioritize myself and my individual life outside of my relationship. So obviously when you are in a committed relationship or you're married or anything like that, you combine lives, right? And your actions and what you do and your schedule affects one another. And it's not like I'm just doing what I want without keeping my boyfriend in the loop or taking him into consideration with certain things but at the same time I'm not going to stop myself from doing what's best for me either. With a healthy partner they're not going to stop you either. This example really isn't personal growth related but it is an example of how I prioritize what's best for me regardless of my relationship and that is when I visit back home in California. So I visit back home more often than my boyfriend does. My goal is to visit like every other month. Every time that I visited home, it's always been without him unless it's like the holidays or something. The reason for that is I can visit more often because I work for myself and I have that flexibility while he doesn't quite have that flexibility. And sometimes also he just doesn't want to go either and that's okay. But regardless of his schedule, regardless of if he wants to go or not, I'm still going to go without him because I need to see my family and friends often. I need that for my mental health, my happiness, and if I were to only go when he could or wanted to, I would be struggling. I would not be happy. I probably would be depressed and also a little resentful, so that is something that I prioritize as an example. So what also helps me prioritize myself is having lots of alone time and I know that can be difficult for some couples depending on you know your attachment styles and so many things but personally for me in my relationship we both value our alone time. We love being alone like by ourselves and also alone together if that makes sense. So when we do want alone time neither of us take it personally or get offended. I think if you are in a relationship where maybe one person does get offended or take it personally, that is when communication plays a huge role and just communicating with your partner that it's not that you love them any less or anything like that, but that alone time is very important to you to be able to connect with yourself, to grow, to heal, to do just enjoy your time. There's nothing more beautiful than being able to truly enjoy your own presence and not need anyone to feel good or feel complete. And I think the more that you are able to feel complete in yourself and feel happy alone, you can be a better partner. Okay, so now I want to move on to how we can navigate situations and set boundaries with the toxic people in our lives. So I had a few questions around this topic. One person asked, how do you brush off how other people treat you 
when it's negative or passive aggressively, for example, like your significant other's family members or coworkers, are these deal breakers? And then someone else asked, how can we set boundaries with family members? The first thing I want to say is whether something is a deal breaker for you is a personal choice. I cannot say this is a deal breaker, this is not. I can only speak for myself because we are all different, right? And I really believe that until you are placed in a situation yourself, you really do not know how you'll react or what you will do. So also keep that in mind because I know for myself when I was younger, I've definitely said things like, oh, I would never deal with that. Oh, that could never be me. And the thing about life is it will prove you wrong and it will humble you very, very quickly. So I've learned to never say those things because you really don't know until you are in that predicament. Oh, and if I didn't make this clear, I'm going to answer these questions kind of together. But for me personally, in terms of toxic coworkers or a toxic job, technically I no longer have coworkers and I work for myself now. But when I did, and still to this day, a toxic work environment or toxic coworkers is 100% a deal breaker for me. When I think about this, there's one job in particular that stands out to me where I put up with so much mistreatment from two of my coworkers. I put up with it because, hello, I needed money, I had bills to pay, but also because my mindset was, I'm not going to let anyone ruin a good opportunity for me. And if I'm honest, I only lasted there for about five or six months. And that experience showed me that that is a deal breaker for me. And I could never put myself through that again. But you might be mentally stronger than I am. So it might not affect you as much as it did me. But again, I can't tell you if this is a deal breaker. That is something that you have to come to terms with for yourself. But what I can say is if you do decide to stay in a work environment where maybe coworkers are passive aggressive towards you or mean to you, the only advice I can give you is to talk to HR. I know people don't like to do this, but HR is there for a reason and they need to know what's going on if it's really bothering you that badly. Set strong boundaries limit interactions, don't react to whatever they're doing or they're saying. And that's really all you can do. You cannot control what they do. You cannot control what they say, but you can control how you respond, react, feel. But at the same time, I feel like a person can only take so much before it becomes unbearable. When I was at that job for those five to six months, that's exactly what I tried to do and it just got to a point where I could not do it anymore and so I ended up quitting and now that's a deal breaker for me. Um, Now, as far as like your significant other's family members being passive aggressive or rude to you, some people might be surprised with my answer on this one. It's not a complete deal breaker for me only because we don't choose the family that we are born into. We don't choose how the people in our lives, like family members, we don't choose how they think, we don't choose how they act, we don't choose their beliefs, 
we don't choose that and i know for myself my family isn't perfect at all and i would be devastated if someone i loved didn't want to be with me only because of my family and not necessarily anything that has to do with me however with that being said though in order for a relationship with your partner to not be negatively impacted by let's say toxic family members there must and i mean absolutely must be certain boundaries and expectations set in place your relationship will suffer if your partner does not have your back or respect your boundaries but before we get into all of that i want to say that the first step in setting boundaries in place is to understand the type of person or people that you are dealing with so are you dealing with a person who maybe your personal personalities just don't mesh well they're not inherently bad or awful but maybe they just get on your nerves a bit or they have different political views than you or you don't you know agree with certain things that they say or do a boundary could be that you just don't hang out with them as often or you limit conversations with them or you just mentally prepare yourself before being around that person or are you dealing with an actual toxic person who is causing you mental and emotional distress maybe they've threatened you in some way or perhaps they're just someone who is always bringing around problems and cause you to feel anxious and on edge and they've their actions and their words have begun to interfere with your relationship. I think in any environment, if you're dealing with an actual toxic person and not just, you know, the overused term of toxic, but a truly awful person who is manipulative or a person who lacks morals or common decency and respect, you need to be very careful and tread very lightly and if i've learned anything in dealing with toxic people is you will never ever win at their game so if you are dealing with family members like this and you desire to continue a healthy relationship with your partner you must set boundaries and clear expectations of your partner and i think the biggest thing that is going to help you in your relationship with your partner is your partner always having your back now that doesn't mean that they don't hold you accountable when you're wrong and if they need to check you for any reason they should only check you in private and obviously i'm saying all of this from the understanding that you are not a toxic person you're not manipulative you're not narcissistic like you're a kind genuine good-hearted person so Just as an example of what my boundaries have been when a significant others has toxic family members is I will 100% remove people from my life completely. I will have zero contact with them for any reason. And I think another key component with these boundaries and expectations is that your partner respects and honors them. Hi everyone, it's Future Jasmine here. I'm currently editing this episode and there were a few more things that I wanted to add around this topic. I feel like I can create a whole separate episode on this topic alone. But one other thing that I wanted to add that I think is really, really important when you are dealing with your significant other's family members who are toxic, passive-aggressive, rude, whatever the case is, is when 
you're setting boundaries or when you're communicating issues with your significant other's family members, it should always, always be either your partner communicating that with with their family or you doing it as a couple, but them doing the speaking. I wish that I could remember the reasonings behind this other than, you know, to show that you guys are a team and on the same page and that, you know, your partner has your back. But I remember watching a video with a therapist who deals with like family issues, marriage issues and things like that. And someone brought up this question around dealing with, you know, family members who don't respect boundaries or who treat you poorly. And she made this point in saying that it's so important for your relationship that your partner is the one that is speaking up and communicating with their family when it comes to things like this. I just wanted to add that. And like I said, there are so many other points that I want to make when it comes to this topic. But I think the main idea is that you communicate with your partner how you feel and you try to obviously before you cut off family and like go cold turkey conversations should be had I think communication is the most important thing but also sometimes you can't reason with certain people and no matter how kindly you try to communicate no matter how good your intentions might be with certain people in life you cannot communicate in a healthy way and you cannot sustain healthy relationships and as unfortunate as that is I think the most important thing is that you are prioritizing your mental health and your relationship and if certain people are interfering with that you are in your right to not allow that energy into your life and speaking from personal experience having set specific boundaries with you know myself and what and who I allow in my life I can wholeheartedly say that I've never been happier and healthier and neither has my relationship so I encourage you to do what is best for you when it comes to this okay so the last thing that I want to talk about is how to deal with friends or family who are not supportive of your business So for anyone who has a business, a side hustle, listen up because I have some things to say about this. Now, someone did ask a specific question. They asked, I am a coach and have two friends who are working with another coach who does the exact same thing that I do. And I'm really hurt that they would choose to support another small business over mine how would you navigate this and i think this is a great question so i do have specific advice for this question and then i do have overall general advice for people in business or with a side hustle who feel like their family and their friends aren't really supportive of their business so first off i want to say that the hardest part about starting your own business is not starting the business itself but the inner work that goes into it i don't think people truly realize that choosing to start a business is also choosing to go on a path of constant self-growth and starting a business will trigger and highlight your money beliefs self-worth issues confidence everything in between and for OP who asked this question and for anyone who feels triggered or upset by their family members, friends not supporting their business, 
I love for you to get to the root of why this hurts you. You are absolutely validated in being hurt by this. I just want to make that clear. But what other feelings does this bring up for you? Is it triggering a deeper feeling? And if so, what is that feeling? So for example, at the beginning of my coaching business journey, I had a huge subconscious belief that I wasn't good enough or I didn't have what it takes to actually have a successful coaching business or to help others and make a difference in their lives. And when a family member or a friend didn't show support in my business, it triggered that imposter syndrome that I had. So I'm not saying that this is the case for you specifically, but I can guarantee that there is an underlying reason or belief there. So a good question to journal on is, what am I making my friends not choosing to work with me mean about me? Meaning, what belief am I placing on myself based on my friends choosing to work with someone else versus working with me? I think that will help you get some real clarity as to figuring out the root to why that hurt you and then start with healing whatever belief that is. And also just to give you some perspective, as a coach, I actually don't think it's a good idea to mix business and personal relationships, especially if you are a coach or a therapist or a counselor or or anything in that field. I know everyone is different, but I do find it can be difficult to remain neutral and unbiased with your friends and your family. So it can get messy, especially if there's money involved. So now I want to speak kind of generally here and kind of speak to everyone who has a business, a brand, a side hustle, and you feel like your friends and family might not be supporting you. And, you know, they might have their reasons for not supporting your business, but I would focus less on why and focus on how we can deal with that by accepting a few hard truths. And these are a few hard truths that I've learned since starting my own business and running my own brand and things like that. And the first hard truth that I had to learn is that no one owes you anything in life, not even your family or your friends. And I know what you're probably thinking that it doesn't hurt for them to share your page or like your content or leave a comment. And it doesn't. It doesn't take more than two seconds to do that. But the truth is no one owes you even that and as hard as that can be it's the truth and I feel like with whatever you're doing be sure you're doing it for you and your purpose that's bigger than you and not for validation and the way that I see it is I rather have people who genuinely support my mission and what I'm doing than have people quote-unquote show support out of obligation and not actually care about what I'm doing. Another hard truth that I've come to learn is that everyone operates from their own perspective, their own beliefs and ideas, and people constantly project that onto others. If you have people in your life who don't believe in themselves or have a very limited mindset on what they think is possible for themselves and the world, It's going to be hard for them to believe and support you in your dreams, especially if you're doing something that is out of the ordinary, like starting your own business. People can only meet you where they meet themselves, and that is something that I've had to 
learn when I've been met with friends or family members who try to like rain on my parade or say things that aren't that supporting supportive and honestly most times they're not doing it to be mean or because they don't love you but because that's just how they view the world through their lens and some people don't realize that they have control of the thoughts that they choose to believe and so by default they choose limiting beliefs hold themselves back and also project that onto others so if you find family members or friends that aren't supporting you or they say unsupportive things to you just know that that's how they perceive the world and how they feel about themselves and you don't have to take that on as your truth if I would have listened to the people in my life who told me what I wanted to do in terms of my career or moving to a new state and how it was impossible and hard I would not be where I am today and I'm so thankful that I did not listen to those naysayers because I'd probably be absolutely miserable in a job I hated living in a town that I've outgrown and I would not be here so be mindful in not taking on other people's limiting beliefs because it's very very easy to do so another truth that I've come to learn in business is that your friends and your family members might just not be your target audience so as a business owner you should have a target audience that you're speaking to you're creating for and you're selling to not everyone is going to be your target audience and that goes for your family and friends now speaking to op who asked about their friends choosing another coach versus you obviously we don't know their reasons unless you ask them personally but it could be that maybe they resonate with the other coaches teaching style more than yours because not everyone coaches the same or maybe that other coaches program fit their needs a little bit better or maybe their offering was more in their budget or they offered certain payment plans that worked better for them it honestly doesn't matter really what their reasonings are to be honest the bottom line here is that you are not going to be for everyone and everyone is not going to be for you and that's okay the last thing you want to do as a business owner whether you're a coach a photographer a hairstylist is get a client who is not your ideal client and isn't aligned for the services you offer so for example let's say you're a photographer whose style photography is very light and airy and whimsical and you get a client who's more into the editorial moody kind of photography chances are they aren't going to be happy with your work but that is not a reflection of you it's just a mismatch of what you offer and what they want I also think it's really important to validate yourself and not wait for other people to tell you that you're doing amazing and that they're proud of you when I felt unsupported by the people in my life, I used to believe, oh, once I'm making these really big brand deals and I'm making like big time money, then they'll care. Then they'll tell me that they're proud of me and show support. Now I'm here. I'm making those brand deals. I'm making the money that I dreamed of making. And there are still people who have never once acknowledged my success never once said that they're proud of me never once 
you know, shown any kind of support and that's okay. I've come to realize that I don't need that from them because my success speaks for itself and I don't need anyone else to validate that for me and I've learned to cheer for myself and also instead of focusing so much on who isn't supporting me, showing my appreciation to those who are because I can guarantee that there are more people supporting you than not We're just choosing to focus on the people who are not because that's how our brains are wired and it's such a self-sabotaging thing to do, but seek your own validation and show gratitude to the people who are showing up for you in your life and in your business. And I think the last but most important thing to remember when running a business and, you know, when you go through all of the motions of having your own business is remember your why if you started your business for a reason that's bigger than yourself at the end of the day as long as you are fulfilling that purpose and making that impact you are not going to care who and who isn't supporting you and that is why it's important to have an important why when you do anything especially starting a business Because if it's strictly for external reasons, it's never going to feel worth it unless other people are validating you. When you are in your purpose, nothing else matters. You don't care about the external validation. You don't care to be seen. You don't care to be praised because you are doing something that is so much more meaningful and so much more bigger than any of that. So I have been recording for a whole one hour and 12 minutes and I don't know if you guys can tell but my voice is starting to lose its momentum. So I think I'm going to go ahead and end this episode here. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. As a final reminder, if you are interested in saving money and time with cooking, definitely check out HelloFresh. You can go to hellofresh.com slash jsha65 and use code jsha65 at checkout to save 65% off and get free shipping. The link to that will be in the show notes and be sure to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, subscribe to my YouTube channel, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Have a beautiful rest of your week, and as always, until next time, remember to just glow with it. Thank you.